Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from soil fertility specialist John Hurd. Also, Manitoba Pork General Manager Andrew Dixon will stop by. Up first in today's country comment, Angela Brackenreed with the Canola Council of Canada will give us an update on canola seeding here in Manitoba. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us today is Angela Brackenreed with the Canola Council of Canada with an update on seeding here in Manitoba. As many of your listeners will, will be all too familiar with, it's been a bit of a challenging spring across, uh, across Manitoba and, and really um, across the prairies to some extent. Uh, in Manitoba, in a lot of areas we've been dealing with uh, with, with the kind of ramifications of, of how wet we were last fall and uh, you know, passing the field has, has been a challenge and, and you know, not the greatest seed bed uh, conditions. Any idea, um, say percentage-wise, on, on how much is in the ground? Uh, you know what, Corey? I would uh, suggest that uh, by this weekend we're getting awfully close to wrapped up in most areas. But with that said, there are some regions uh, in the south that uh, are, are, are not there yet and some fields that are still extremely difficult to pass. Um, so it's, it's more regionally dependent this year than I would say most years. Have we been uh, seeing any reseeding this spring? Yeah, um, unfortunately, and uh, evaluations are continuing with uh, that reseed decision. But we had a, a frost event here, I guess that was last weekend at the end of May, um, that, uh, that definitely did, uh, it was lethal on some of our canola crops. And, uh, and then, unfortunately, that was you know, followed by this intense wind that we've had, um, high heat, lack of moisture um, in, in some areas, uh, particularly in, in the northwest. Um, and, uh, you know, further into the west, uh, in the southwest, uh, that have kind of compounded that issue, coupled with flea beetle feeding, etc. Talk a little bit more about, uh, I guess, the field conditions and just, you know, what what is the challenge with, with seeding and, and maybe some problems with emergence there as well? Sure, yeah. So we were just so wet last fall and, uh, and then as a result, very, very wet this spring. And, uh, you know, when you're, when you're wet right to the top like that and, and essentially muddy, it just, you don't get great field finish. You get some, um, you know, clumpy kind of lumpiness. And, and it, that's, uh, you know, for those little canola seedlings, it can be a challenge to get through that. Um, so, you know, for a lot of my territory in, in the south, that's been the major challenge. There's been quite a bit of field activities trying to prep that seedbed and uh, in some cases we you know we've dried out that top layer uh, quite aggressively and we really haven't seen much for precipitation this spring to, to remedy that. And you mentioned uh, flea beetles um, uh, just expand a bit on that you know what uh, what are we seeing there? Yeah so of course you know we know flea beetles are going to be there um, and and like last year and the year before they seem to be feeding quite aggressively um, in certain fields. So, um, the, you know, some of that is maybe seen to be more aggressive because of the abundance of striped flea beetles that we have. And, you know, our, our um, 
main seed treatment insecticides that most of our canola uses um, is not as effective uh, towards striped flea beetles as it is crucifer. So that, uh, you know, they have to eat more to, to die and, uh, and as a result can, can kill that canola plant uh, before, before there's an effect on them. That was Angela Brackenreed with the Canola Council of Canada. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The four pork councils across Western Canada are asking to meet with senior staff at the major processing plants that handle the bulk of the independent pig producers in Western Canada. Manitoba Pork General Manager Andrew Dixon says they need a new pricing mechanism that's more reflective of the market realities of today rather than the current model, which is reliant on a U.S. pricing formula. We can't keep going back to government and saying, look, we need to use our agri-stability programs or our business risk management programs from the federal and provincial governments to try and solve the problems that could be uh, addressed more directly by uh, a sharing of the risk between the producers and the processors in, in, in the pork sector. No, they're going to be global issues that are going to affect both of us, like both processors and producers, that we are going to need government assistance on. Something like, say, COVID comes along or African swine fever comes along. The Port Councils have written a letter to Maple Leaf, Oli Mel and Donald's Fine Foods asking for a meeting by the end of the month. The Association of Manitoba Community Pastures will be receiving $275,000 through the province's Conservation Trust. Here's General Manager Barry Ross. Bulk of the funding, uh, 250000 was uh, for grazing and range management improvements at uh, eight of the pastures. We take what we learn in the range management assessments and then we, we focus it on where we need to make improvements on fencing systems or watering systems, dugouts, brush encroachment. The remaining $25,000 will be used for range management assessments. And advocates say Manitoba needs to look out for the health and safety of farm labourers coming to the province. The Migrant Worker Solidarity Network is speaking out after four temporary foreign workers tested positive for COVID-19. The network notes that these workers do the hardest work for the lowest pay. It says provincial inspectors should visit farms where these workers are employed to ensure public health directives and social distancing measures are followed. The network expects more than 500 seasonal farm workers from abroad will come to the province this year. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, June 5th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll have details from yesterday's Feeding the Future Zoom conference. And at first, we'll hear from Manitoba Pork General Manager Andrew Dixon. The four pork councils across Western Canada are asking to meet with senior staff at the major processing plants that handle the bulk of the independent pig producers. I caught up with Manitoba Pork General Manager Andrew Dixon. Talk about like the future, where we're going, and in particular uh, a new pricing mechanism that's more reflective of uh, the market realities of today rather than uh, the current model, which is reliant on a U.S. pricing formula, um, which is broken down essentially in the last year or so and is not working properly anymore. And we need to find another way of pricing pigs that uh, ensures that producers can um, 
make a profit, and at the same time, make the processors can make a profit, and then we all share the risk more equally than, uh, than currently it's uh, laid out. And we're, we can't keep going back to government and saying, look, we need to use our agri-stability programs or our business risk management programs from the federal or provincial governments to try and solve the problems that could be uh, addressed more directly by uh, sharing of the risk between the producers and the processors in in, in the pork sector. Uh, no, there are going to be global issues that are going to affect both of us, like both processors and producers, that we are going to need government assistance on. Something like, say, COVID comes along or uh, African swine fever comes along, which totally disrupts the whole uh, marketplace. We, 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 we would need help in, during those sorts of things. But for the normal course of business, we've got to figure out another way of doing uh, uh, the uh, settlement of the value of the pig to the independent producer. Quebec has already addressed this matter. Um, they've come up with a, a different formula than they've used for many, many years. And uh, Ontario is, is moving slowly but surely towards a different model as well. Andrew, uh, talk a little bit about you know the difference between what a say a producer is receiving compared to uh, what a, a processor is, is making per pig. Well, it's difficult to uh, put numbers on these things because everybody's slightly different. But, you know, a, pro- a producer right now today, I mean, uh, would be getting uh, um, like, a, like about $150 with some bonuses and so on. Um, and when you look at uh, the, the, like the wholesale value of the pig based on U.S. DA numbers, I mean, you're looking at something like 200 and dollars, $230 uh, U.S. And then when you look at the price at the retail level, for this, when you add all those cuts up and how they're shipped and processed and put on a retail shelf and packaging, I mean, you're looking at something like $400. So somewhere along the line, um, we have to figure out another way of uh, helping the producer stay in business. And at the same time, I mean, we're going to make sure our processes are competitive in the world market and uh, we can continue to grow this business. And we've grown the business because of exports. So we're, going to be, we're cognizant of that. And we know in Canada, costs are different from U.S. Um, there are costs that are uh, more expensive here than, than in U.S. plant. On the other hand, there are costs here that U.S. plants uh, um, have to incur. So, uh, like, for example, healthcare uh, is an issue in the U.S. It's not an issue here because it's picked up nationally and provincially. So it, it, there's all kinds of different ways of, of, of arriving at a point that meets both the needs of the independent producers and the Hutterite colonies and the uh, processors. That was Andrew Dixon, General Manager with Manitoba Pork. The four pork councils across Western Canada are asking to meet with senior staff at the major processing plants that handle the bulk of the independent pig producers in Western Canada. The groups would like to meet before the end of the month. The Canadian Cattlemen's Association partnered with the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef in this week's Feeding the Future Zoom conference, looking at the impacts of COVID-19 and the impact losing farmers and ranchers could have for grasslands. Carla Gwynn, CEO for Ducks Unlimited Canada, took part in the presentation. Here's part of that discussion on the important role farmers and ranchers play in conservation. Some of the country's most important habitats continue to be managed and conserved by farmers and ranchers. We count them among our most important environmental stewards. 
So as we witnessed the debilitating effects this pandemic is having on them, we're concerned. Simply put, the actions that impact cattle, grasslands, wetlands, and wildlife all go hand in hand. And without a successful beef industry, conservation in Canada will not continue at the rate or at the scale at which it's so desperately needed. History has shown that the potential of an economic fallout within the beef industry is a risk we simply cannot afford to take. Memories of the BSE crisis that shook the Canadian cattle industry in the early 2000s are a powerful reminder why. For many, ranching no longer provided a sustainable and profitable means of preserving their land. And as a result, Canada lost nearly 27,000 ranching operations and with them nearly 5 million acres of grasslands. This kind of widespread loss has a distinct and damaging effect. So today, the ongoing conversion of grasslands and wetlands to cultivated areas continues putting us in a precarious position. If we are to be successful in protecting our precious habitats, we need to find ways of making conservation work for working landscapes. And this means recognizing the individual financial realities farmers and ranchers face and understanding that producers must be able to compete economically on the landscape in order to help conserve it. So looking back to the BSD crisis, we never expected how quickly hard economic times for beef producers would transcend into habitat loss. Today, we have a far better understanding of the consequences. And most importantly, we have a far better chance to try to avoid them. So it's true that there's still much we don't know about what the future will hold post-COVID, but the decisions we make today are going to have implications for the beef industry and for grassland conservation for years to come. That was Carla Gwynn, CEO for Ducks Unlimited Canada, speaking during yesterday's Feeding the Future Zoom conference. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. The Prairie Egg Wire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars are being held every Tuesday night starting at 7 o'clock. You can email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. Keystone Agricultural Producers is partnering with the province to host a webinar entitled Cultivating Your Way to Burnout. The webinar will focus on fatigue awareness and management for farmers. It takes place June 9th, starting at noon. The Manitoba Egg Museum near Austin has reopened its doors to the general public with reduced hours and new safety measures. Follow them on social media for more information. And the official Manitoba Hunter Safety Course is now available online. The course is endorsed by the province and Manitoba Wildlife Federation. Visit huntercourse.com to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, we're joined by Manitoba Soil Fertility Specialist, John Hurd. We have to first uh, recognize the superhuman effort that, you know, the fertilizer industry and farmers have done this spring in order to get our crop fertilized and in the ground. Uh, you know, last fall, normally we put 45% of our nitrogen on wheat and canola in the fall, and none of that happened. And it was a very compressed spring. And yet, uh, here we are now with most of the crop seeded. 
they just got the job done. So uh, all around, there's been some you know very good efforts to get our, our 2020 crop uh, fertilized enough to a start, and there'll be probably more fertilization to take place. But I, I wanted to recognize that uh, we're off to a good start. In last week's report, you were uh, talking a bit about uh, struggling fall rye, um, some nitrogen deficiency in the in the rye fields due to lack of rain. Um, ha- has that improved at all, or what are we seeing there? I, I'd love to say I can make rain, but I can't. You guys at the radio station make the rain, and I hear you've got some scheduled next week. And so uh, that really is the thing that will uh, uh, is, is needed to get surface applied nitrogen into the soil. And it's not just why that's needed it right now. Many farmers have gone to have uh, uh, some broadcast or shallowly applied fertilizer out there, and, and rain is really what's going to be needed. Uh, we, we need a, a quarter to four-tenths of an inch of rain to, to get that into the soil to where plants can start using it. And uh, so we're vulnerable to that. Uh, the other thing we're vulnerable is to volatilization loss, but uh, uh, farmers are looking to dribble band more UAN or adding uh, uh, urease inhibitors to that, and those provide a measure of protection against those losses. John, any other issues that uh, that are farmers are dealing with right now? Well, I, I'm starting to see corn coming up, and uh, a good time to put your nitrogen on corn or your, your following split on corn is any time after you can see the rows, and as long as your machinery will go through. Uh, if they've got soils that allow uh, equipment traffic, I, I would say now's the time. If you're going to side dress with ammonia or liquid, uh, now's a good time to get started. If you've had a, a part of your nitrogen program this year is to come in with a split application after seeding, now before rain is a good timing, and... Uh, I think we just have to take advantage of any imminent rainfall we see in order to get uh, nitrogen fertilizer on. That was John Hurd, soil fertility specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. There's some good news coming out of India for lentil growers. Executive Director for the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers, Carl Potts. We have heard, you know, this week uh, India announcing that they're making some changes to uh, lentil import duties and, and lowering those from, as we understand, from 30% down to 10%. He notes they're seeking clarification from India on the timing and implementation of the policy change. The Association of Manitoba Community Pastures was one of 19 organizations to receive 2020 funding through the province's Conservation Trust. Here's General Manager Barry Ross. We received uh, a total of 275000 25000 of that is for range management assessments. And we have 20 pastures in Manitoba and we're trying to do a range assessments on two of them each year. That money goes towards doing that work and just making sure that uh, the pastures are in good condition and what we need to do to improve them. The bulk of the funding will be used for grazing and range management improvements. The four pork councils across western Canada are asking to meet with senior staff at the major processing plants that handle the bulk of the independent pig producers. Manitoba Pork General Manager Andrew Dixon says they need a new pricing mechanism that's more reflective of the market realities of today rather than the current model which is reliant on a U.S. pricing formula. 
Quebec has set the pace on this thing. I mean, they're they're the largest producer in Canada, and they produce like seven to eight million pigs, and they're using a variation on a cutout value. Maybe that's one way we need to take a look at. There's other models out there that ensure the producers can make some money and over the long run. The pork councils have written a letter to Maple Leaf, Oli Mel, and Donald's Fine Foods asking for a meeting by the end of the month. And Manitoba Agriculture says there have been reports of flea beetle damage to canola and cutworms in various crops from all egg regions. Grasshopper nymphs are emerging. Most are still in the first instar stage. This week's crop pest update notes that a dry and windy week has not been conducive to the development of pathogenic disease in emerging field crops. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.